My name is Deandra Poe, and I'm the founder of Glass Soldier, a duty-bound and data-driven nonprofit dedicated to the elimination of sexual assault in the U.S. Armed Forces. In this podcast, we will explore the pervasive culture of military sexual trauma and how we as a collective can change it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Duty Bound Podcast. I am your host, Dr. D. No, you do not have to adjust your camera or your volume. You are in the right place. So 2024, February, January, you probably missed me. You know anything about everything that I do, you understand that your girl has so much on her plate, but this podcast is extremely important to me. And I'm still going to go forward with coming out with some new things. Um, guest, I'm bringing the guest back. I might even bring back a co-host. So I know we put it out in our newsletter that we are going to be doing a casting call because I am determined. You hear me? Determined to have a view style podcast where every branch is on here and we start sharing some things. So what is this month's theme? You'll have to excuse me, I have to clear my throat. <clears throat> what is this month's theme? February. So Valentine's Day, yay, heart. But we're going to talk about a couple of things. Heart health as it relates to mental health. And we're also going to talk about teen dating violence um, awareness. I realize that my audience is not typically teenagers. Um, I don't typically do work with teenagers because this is a veteran podcast, right? But I think it lends um, to the conversation around healthy relationships and the work that I've done at colleges. Mind you, most people that go off to college um, are about 18, um, 17, if uh, depending on their birth date or how incredibly smart they are. Nowadays, there are several people that graduate school early and head off to college. And yet there's a conversation to have around teen violence, um, IPV. This podcast is absolutely geared towards veterans. So I want to make sure that we're talking about all of those things uh, in this space and not just veterans, but the things that help affect veterans as well. We have teenagers. I had three of them. And so first, let me address the, the correlation here and um, just to talk about healthy relationships as it relates to teens. I'm typically the one that will give you guys a bunch of statistics um, around IPV or teen dating violence, whatever we're talking about. But I'm also a storyteller, right? So I need to tell my own personal story about teen dating violence. Again, if you've, you're not new to this podcast, you know that I um, bring in a lot of my own journey as a survivor, a three-time survivor. I am a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. I am a survivor of domestic violence, and I'm also a survivor of military sexual trauma. Sprinkled in between, and that was a lot of other things. And so the most common question that people ask me around what I went through as a child and what I experienced in my first marriage was what was home like. I had two very loving parents. My mom <laughs> expressed her love for my dad in various forms. 
Um, but I did not grow up seeing my father be abusive to my mother or vice versa. Now, my mom was a spicy woman. I will admit that. And when I say that, my mom did not bite her tongue or hold back from anyone to include my father. That's not a justification. Um, it was generational. So I did not ex experience seeing um, interpersonal violence or domestic violence between my parents. Yet in high school, I experienced teen dating violence and was with someone who took pleasure in being controlling. I had no idea, and I am positive they didn't either understand all the things that they were doing and what that actually meant. I think it was just, um, it was more like a flex back then to insert your dominance over someone. And so throughout school, this person made it very known that like no one was to talk to me and, you know, I wore their chain. Gosh, if you grew up in the early 90s and late 80s, you understand what I'm talking about. The guy gave you his herringbone chain, the gold chain. It was like the Letterman jacket. And so that was kind of like my first real experience with having someone put their hands on me. And the power and control dynamic. So when I think about the awareness that we're raising now, the information that kids have available to them to understand healthy relationships and violence. I don't think that there are too many children today that don't have access to information to understand the nuances of interpersonal violence, domestic violence. Those are probably buzzwords that they hear online all the time. Access to mental health, YouTube, podcast, um, a wide range of information. Information overload, right? And yet it still happens. For any number of reasons, it still happens. And so my point in and saying, telling the story and correlating it today is healthy relationships. How do we define healthy relationships? I had the definition of what to me appeared to be healthy with my parents. Um, there, there wasn't an indication that this, this was not a functioning marriage or um, a real love affair. Um, my father and my mother also made sure that I saw them kissing each other and making up and going on dates and going out and taking photos. My mother loved to dress up. And if nothing else, she loved to dress her husband to match her fly. So there was this, <laughs> what I deemed a healthy mix of conflict and resolution in my home today kids defining what a healthy relationship looks like early is key. And so this goes into the conversation of, you know, me doing the work in the colleges, particularly Morgan State University in Maryland around healthy relationships and understanding the dynamics of a healthy relationship as it relates to these ROTC cadets going 
forward in their military careers. The program that I designed, the very first thing that we talk about is defining a healthy relationship and what that definition looks like. Boundary setting, um, understanding consent. These are all things that are so critical to a relationship and a healthy relationship. We talk about consent early and I'm talking about consent with adults or young adults, but when we think about teenagers and relationships, there's always a question of when are teenagers in relationships? Should they even be in relationships? I know one, I literally know one person, maybe two people from my high school that are actively still in a relationship or married to someone that they went to high school with. And I think that's a beautiful thing to be with someone that long. I am over 20 years removed from high school. So to be with someone that long, I imagine though, there was a lot of growth um, growing up with someone, especially um, in going from like the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s, where we are now, that growth process I, I'm positive there were probably times where they were like, I can't stand you. This is it. I'm over. Wanted to take a pause in a relationship, the marriage to be with somebody that long. My parents have known each other well over 60 years. I can't even imagine committing or loving to someone that long. Nowadays we have like fast fashion. We can't even commit to a trend in our clothes for longer than a year, let alone for 60. And so helping teenagers and young adults define healthy relationships is just, it's, it's past critical because that spills over into other relationships and other dynamics as well. If they're not able to understand consent and to know what healthy looks like, boundaries, when, you know, to say no, to not have these porous boundaries and let someone walk over them or to have these very rigid boundaries where they don't let anyone near them, that spills over into their professional life as well. And for the military community, it is essentially important to understand healthy relationships because you have a power dynamic that is spoken and unspoken. The rules of, and I've said this before in my very early podcast, um, when I first started off, when we talked about boundaries and rank structure and how that is also important. Again, healthy relationships include mentorship. They include friendships. They include professional relationships as well. And so um, no one would expect a professional relationship to get violent. And yet sometimes they do, right? Because it's about power and control and teaching teenagers and our young people about those power dynamics and when to be assertive. Oh, I could go, I could do a whole show about women being assertive in the dating aspect. And when it comes to mental health and when it comes to consent, how do we teach young people about being assertive? Um, in a way that preserves their professionalism, that preserves friendships, 
um, without it being, without it being um, threatening or feeling like um, women or even men can't assert themselves in a safe manner. So how do we safely assert ourselves? These are all dynamics that are a part of healthy relationships. And so, um, yeah, you know, back to the programming, Operation Respect is all about those, about several different workshops, but the very first one is healthy relationships and the definition, and it includes all relationships. So that's kind of like my spiel when it comes to Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. I was made aware that like every awareness has a color associated with it, i.e. sexual assault has teal, domestic violence, I believe is teal and purple. And then um, so I'm going to talk about like the heart association in like February. I'm talking about the heart. I think obviously there's a red. We have yellow which I think is for, I, I remember the yellow ribbon being for deployed soldiers. Um, I think it might still be, but there's that. I think Alzheimer's is gray or something like that. Um, I think lupus is purple. So anyway, I'm trying to remember all everybody's awareness and their ribbons. Teen dating violence is orange orange april 7th i believe let me let me make sure teen dating violence awareness month is i'm just look at me looking online while i'm talking to y'all because i want to make sure that i'm giving you the right information um, about when it is, or, you know, the recognition, at least, um, coming from the top down, um, our current administration is also recognizing that. So, so yeah, they, their, their color is orange. And I think that's great. We as an organization are going to try to do something specifically about that and wearing the color orange in support of healthy relationships and understanding and amplifying our teenagers and our young people, young adults um, about safe relationships. So yes, we will be doing that orange and asking one, everyone else in solidarity to wear orange that day. I'm going to make sure that I link it in the podcast description and on the YouTube video, but also make sure you just go to our um, social media pages about uh, teen Dating Violence Awareness Month, Orange, and the Day, and repost and share and comment. You guys have no idea. The, the I know that Instagram like makes it difficult to reshare stuff because you got to have like a special app. Um, but I think that you can repost anything to your stories, which is wonderful. So a little social media update information for you there you can repost. Now, once to the other part of the month of February, the heart, oh, which is 
the Heart Health Association and the, the connection. So for the month of February, our monthly webinar series we're doing is actually called Head to the Heart, um, where we're going to be talking about the correlation between our heart health and our mental health. <clears throat> Studies have shown, uh, and anyone can Google this information. Again, I, I am here to give a pathway to the conversation and to create and connect stories and my own personal experience to these particular topics to help somebody. Um, the information isn't new, but the presentation is, right? Because you don't know me and we're going on a journey together. So my the reason why this particular webinar is so important to me and this topic is because of the correlation between our mental health and our heart health. For those of you who do not know, um, my brother passed away when I was in high school um, from having an aneurysm. <clears throat> an aneurysm is a blockage in the heart or the brain uh, that can lead to death. And so studies have shown that there is a correlation to stress and coronary disease, such as high blood pressure, stroke, heart attack. I was like, my brother was in my life for a short amount of time, but he had such an incredible impact. I'm not sure if I talked about my brother here on the podcast before. Um, first of all, he was a 49ers fan <laughs> and by the time this airs, um, it will be about a week away from the Super Bowl. So I'm sure my brother is ecstatic in heaven right now. Um, I'm not because I'm a Birds fan. So go Birds. Uh, but um, a diehard 49ers fan and was one of my biggest supporters when I was pregnant my senior year in high school and in my senior year. My brother pushed me um, without him even knowing it. He was just a catalyst um, to a lot of things. And I and I also have said it before, again, I'm not sure if I've said it on this podcast before, that if my brother was around, I don't think that I would have went through all of the things that I went through in terms of violence, especially sexual violence, my first marriage. Um, not because my father was absent, but because of my father's age, generationally, um, my dad, my dad didn't have the tools, but I think that my brother would have. And um, so with that being said, I lived with my brother for a few months sort of, before he passed. And I remember when he got this treadmill, <laughs> we're talking about 1990, like five. So, you know, this treadmill was running on like dinosaur energy. <clears throat> but either way, I remember when my brother got the treadmill and he was like, you know, I want to get healthy and lose some of my belly fat and stuff like that. And he was trying to make the connection to his physical health 
um, as well as like his mental health. I cannot sit here and say for sure that mental health contributed to my brother's stress. I do know my brother was an active volunteer firefighter, a father, newly married, and also had his own business. I'm, I'm sure at some point stress played a part in it. With that being said, subsequently, I've had two sisters also have aneurysms. Again, I cannot speak for them. I know that things that were going on in their lives probably added to the stress. And so this is kind of like my introduction into stress management, seeing what my family had went through. Knowing all the things that I have survived, I try very, very, very hard to make sure that I am managing my stress and my anxiety as much as I can. But I will admittedly say that I have had heart palpitations. My panic attacks that I experience at night absolutely make me feel like I'm having a heart attack. When I'm working out, um, any flutter of my heart, and it scares me. It scares me a lot. Um, but I am, I work out regularly and I learn regularly how to manage my stress. New coping skills, understanding where it is in my body, learning how to manage my stress as far as it physically, especially when I'm upset. One of my good friends always asks me, like, where are you feeling it in your body? Sometimes it's in my shoulders, sometimes it's the back of my head, sometimes it's in my chest, my belly. It just depends. And so what I'm learning and what I want my audience to learn is to understand what somatic exercises are. And those specific exercises address the soma, the body, and where stress shows up and get with a healthcare professional. I'm going to be, I am excited that we're going to be offering these resources online soon Um, and learning about somatic exercises and how to get rid of stress in the body so that it doesn't affect your heart health. So I want you guys to have a healthy heart and a healthy mind. I know for myself, and again, I'm only speaking for myself. If you relate, great. But I know for me, if I don't feel good, Physically, um, I don't feel good mentally and vice versa. My mental health starts to tank. So does my physical health because then I start eating things that I shouldn't be eating. Um, And then that just makes brain fog kick in and I'm lethargic and vice versa. I'm not working out on a regular basis. I don't have an outlet for my stress. Mentally, it goes in the other direction. So I'm encouraging my viewers. So this month's awareness is focused on heart health and teen dating violence. I am excited about our monthly webinars. Please make sure that you follow us on social media. Every fourth Thursday of the month at 7 p.m., we will be doing a webinar for women veterans. I am focusing back on my women veterans as as it relates to MST and safe spaces. So every fourth Thursday at 7 p.m., we'll have an Eventbrite link. We'll post folders. Please share. 
April 7th, we're going to have our stakeholders um, gala in New Jersey. I am so excited. If you are interested in donating a table so that some veterans can come from free, I am going to team up with Wounded Warrior to provide a table for those veterans to come. We're having a silent auction, giving away amazing prizes. And this will result in Glass Soldier having its first annual retreat for MSC survivors. So please share, share, share. I can't emphasize it enough and donate. Become a monthly do- uh, donor so that we can continue to improve our programming and improve our reach for our MSC veteran survivors like myself and many, many others. I can't wait to come back mid-month. I am actually going to have an Air Force veteran on here who does a lot of amazing work with Wounded Warriors. So come back on the 15th. Excited. I will see you guys later as I end every single episode. Time is a finite resource and I'm ever so grateful when you spend it on me because I cannot give that back to you. So thank you guys. Have a wonderful evening.